Hello and welcome to The Real Heroes of E-Commerce. I'm your host, Jason, and this is the next episode in our holiday series, Jingle All the Way. Today on the show, we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics, copywriting. I think this is one of the most important aspects of marketing and can really lead the strategy for everything we do for our e-commerce brands online. Um, we have Conrad Sanders to talk with us. He is the CEO of the Creative Copywriter, and he has a unique framework called 13 Lenses that he approaches um, writing copy. Um, we're going to go into about three of them on this show, but in the show notes, you will be able to find um, a list and a checklist of all 13 lenses. So let's get into it. Okay, Conrad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So um, you're a copywriter. How long have you been in that? Yeah, good question. Um, when did I start? Uh, it's, it's almost like a tough question. Let me think back. So I, <laughs> I, I'd i say since about 2008, probably, um, I started my freelance career in 2010. Um, that's when the creative copywriter was born, which originally was me. I was the creative copywriter. Mm -hmm. um, and my background was kind of SEO and copywriting, um, which is quite a clever combination, I think, because, you know, SEO is all about understanding data and research and making decisions based on demand rather than just assumptions. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I kind of built, which is now an agency, but my freelance career, copywriting. And now we're an agency. Um, called the creative copywriter and my my partner in crime my wife um is our managing director and i'm the ceo mm -hmm. um so while i i don't write that much copy myself anymore but i'm very much obviously involved in kind of uh quality assurance methodologies um and uh content strategy and all the things around copywriting which are so important um, so yeah, if I to do quick maths, when, when did I say two thousand and eight? So what's that? Fourteen years? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a mathematician. I'm a copywriter, right? <laughs> my apologies. We won't hold you to it. Yeah. In your copywriting career, you know, as a freelancer, you're probably just taking on different types of projects, kind of seeing what you like. What did you start to focus on? You know, throughout that journey when you made it to an agency, what did you really see the need for in the market? Regarding copywriting, yes. specifically. Um, well, yeah, it's a great question, actually. Um, I'd say on the one hand, content strategy, which I know is not copywriting per se, but it's so closely linked. But, you know, one thing, the reason why as an agency, it, what we offer boils down to strategy and words. That's kind of what I say when I'm pitching. That's like in a in a very small nutshell. And then I expand on that. Um, I saw that need because, you know, copy needs to be part of a strategy, right? You need to kind of understand where those words are going and why. What's the purpose of that ad? What's the purpose of that landing page? What And generally the purpose, the way I describe it, is to take customers on a carefully cultivated journey Um to conversion and beyond you know as a marketers we should be focusing on um, after the sale point as well and how to increase customer revenue and cross-sell upsell and it, copy is so important at that point as well getting the messaging right after they've become a customer is is, is crucial so i back to answering your question i'd say number one is um just content strategy in general and and that being a very very good thing to combine with copywriting um because you know, helping your your clients understand how and why and 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 how to take those customers on the journey, and then writing the copy to to make that happen. Mm -hmm. um, and what I'd say, and it is another thing that I discovered, like I say, discovered a kind of built um, was a copywriting methodology, um, and I was bound to touch on this at some point if not several points during this this <laughs> this episode um our 13 lenses so i developed a framework called the 13 lenses mm -hmm. um we're probably not going to have time to talk about all of the lenses but i'm sure i'll i'll likely dip into them here and here and there so it's good that i'm explaining what they are mm -hmm. um 13 lenses is basically a framework that i developed to 
almost make the process of copywriting more scientific. Um, and rather than just going on the gut feel of, you know, one copywriter who has a, may have a lot of experience and expertise, it's, it's very easy to miss a trick. It's very easy to forget an ingredient or like not to tick 10 out of the 13 boxes or even 12, but not all of them. And, you know, one thing I found that this was more as a kind of, I'd say as a running an agency, that's when I kind of understood the need for that because we're growing quite rapidly. Um, you know, there's 15 of us in house right now and we've got about 20 trusted contractors as well. So mm -hmm. freelancers. Um, and naturally I couldn't QA everything, right? We've got lots of clients, big clients, high volume of, of copy work, but every now and then I would spot check and sometimes what I would see is what I would see, I would perceive as being a kind of an obvious mistake or error. Like, for example, I'd read a, you know, a landing page or let's say a blog post and there were great copy, but there are no subheaders. And mm. I'd say, well, you need subheaders, right? Because people skim and scan. And to me, it was kind of obvious. But that one particular copywriter had kind of missed that ingredient. So I thought, how can I make this more methodical, more scientific so that you're not missing these important tricks because you can write a, a, an amazing landing page and if you're missing something as crucial as subheaders then, or, or, or another example, you're writing chunky paragraphs, any simple kind of blunder like that is enough to lose a huge portion of, of, of visitors, right? Because mm -hmm. they can't skim and scan, they go, you know, screw it, let me open one of the 20 other tabs I have open right now. Let me go back into the webosphere. Um, so I guess to answer your question, like the need for a framework and almost like a, a checklist. So we use the 13 lenses internally as like a checklist when looking at any copy asset that we deliver, be it an ad, a landing page, a homepage, um, or longer form content like an article, blog post, white paper, et cetera. We have a checklist that we tick off and they're questions which are in line with these 13 ingredients. So that was a very long winded way of saying, I think um, the thing that I felt was needed was a framework, you know, and to make things more consistently scientific and not just, right, I'm going to tackle this, this, this project and just write some great copy, you know, and kind of miss, miss a few tricks. Yeah, I think that's important, you know, since we're focused on e-commerce, since we're focused on e-commerce here, I think a lot of website developers, they, not developers, just website designers or business owners setting up a website, they tend to focus on the design first and the copy second. Yes. Which isn't always like, it's putting the what the wagon before the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm probably a bit biased, but I I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it's 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 so common, like far too common, in my opinion, um, for that to happen. And then sometimes, as an agency or you know, as a freelance copywriter, you kind of get squashed into a box whereby they're going, "Look, we've done the design, the UX. Here you go," and you've got like placeholder text to fill in. Laura Mipsum. <laughs> yeah exactly Laura Mipsum being the classic uh one to kind of uh, and when I say that they're literally squashing you into a box there aren't they in terms of how much copy you can use the problem with that is that I think there's a lack of understanding of the copywriter's role right and copywriter's kind of expertise you know a copywriter is 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 not just someone to write some pretty words on a page to fit into certain boxes what we have to do is is think about um, the desire, the needs, the goals of a target prospect, a target customer, right? And understand where they're at right now in their mind, their head, when they land or in a certain context, wherever it may be, social media, on your website, on a landing page, on a homepage, you know, that's point A. And where do we want to get them to, which might be point C, D, E or Z, wherever. And, and we have to understand the best way to take them on that journey and get them there, you know, how to remove their barriers, their, their common perceived barriers, how to kind of influence them to take that next step, which might be get their credit card out and pay for something. People tend to not want to do that, right? Like, <laughs> how can we give them the confidence to, to, to make that decision, make that call or click to the next place? So we have to think about the visitor journey. We have to think about 
what's going to influence them in, in the right way and like message hierarchy and things like that. But you can't craft that visitor journey. You can't help to influence that journey and really, um, really craft the message hierarchy if it's been designed first and there's no flexibility. In some cases, they'll design it and say, yes, there's flexibility. That's cool. That's great. We always try to push for that. And, you know, in other situations, they understand that probably copy should go first and, you know, write the copy, build the, the site around that. But I would say that I feel like sometime I've, I've been on projects where I've sat down with a designer, right? And we have kind of, we we've built that flow together so you know we've kind of drafted that um that page essentially at the same time considering both copy and design mm -hmm. and that's actually been really really powerful because you know at the same time well i might say if if we had to go one way or the other i'd say copy first mm -hmm. um sometimes if you're doing that maybe as a copywriter maybe you don't understand uh the visual journey as well as as a you know a ux designer would so if you're kind of hashing it out together i think you can get really achieve great things but yeah definitely don't just design a site create some like space for text and then hire a copywriter to kind of squeeze what they you know squeeze the copy into those boxes mm. i kind of feel like um the website builders out there like shopify and all that they kind of lend towards that because they set up in these like block systems and these uh, premium or free themes that just kind of have it stuck there, which I'm sure is just as limiting to the designer. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they serve a, they do serve a purpose. And like, if it's a case of uh, a, a new e-commerce business or someone launching a business, naturally you have a budget, you have a limit limitation to that budget. And sometimes the quickest, easiest, cheapest way to kind of get a website up and running and working um, is by, you know, going with a template that already exists. Mm -hmm. But naturally, it will have limitations. Further down the road in your kind of business journey, mm -hmm. ideally, you drive a lot of revenue, you bring, you know, you've got a bigger marketing budget, and then you can kind of readdress that website, you know, the flow, the brand, the copy, the design, mm -hmm. all of the above. Um, but I do understand that, yeah, it's it's the right fit for for, for people and 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 new businesses sometimes when the budget isn't there. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask about the mindset customers have when they come to an e-commerce website through different channels. Mm -hmm. So you know, sometimes it's like a Google search. You know, they maybe click on that text ad at the top, or maybe it's a shopping ad or they're just checking out the brand through their Instagram, you know, link in bio. Um, what kind of mindset do you see people coming from and how does that kind of affect where we should direct them and what we should like emphasize on those landing pages? Yeah, I think it's a, a really good point to bring up. Um, and as I said, I would reference some of our lenses. Yes, I'm let's going, do. <laughs> I'm going to reference the context lens. Um, context is is king, you could say. Context is context is crucial, and understanding, you know, um, various things about your target prospect, your target buyer, um, is crucial to um, affecting and influencing, impacting the copy that you're going to write to at whatever stage they're at. So. To put that into a bit more tangible terms, um, there are three things, three important things that for us fit into our context lens, um, which I, I think are crucial to consider um, when it comes to your target customer reading a piece of copy or landing on a, 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 a at whatever touch point they're at. So, um, it, it you know back to your question: How did they arrive on your website? Where did they come from? So those three things are intent. Intent is so, so important, right? Like think about why are they there? What are they looking for? Um, and the way that we can understand intent may be through, you know, search intent. They search, type something something into Google, right? And they typed a, a question into Google or, you know, certain keywords and a, an ad pops up and then they click that ad. We know what, we should know what copy is written on that ad. So that 
by 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 understanding what copy is written on the ad, we should have a good idea of what their intent is. So you know, if you've talked about a specific product, um, then you can kind of assume that they want to know more about that specific product, right? And that's why usually it's good to channel them to a product landing page, for example. Um, if you know, if they've clicked through from a social media um, post that you've put out there, where you've uh, you know you've teased them with something, and again, you can hopefully understand through the through what you've written there that the intent, like why are they clicking through? What are they looking for? Are they looking for more information? You know, are they looking for like an article to, to teach them something, to educate them? You know, a piece about uh, to help them understand the difference between two different products and you know that's where content marketing plays in when people aren't ready to buy most of your target audience aren't ready to buy most of the time so that's why we have content marketing and blog posts and things like that because you can help educate them give them value and you know take them on that journey to the point where now they're ready to buy and hopefully they're already you know engaged with your brand um so that's intent the second one is awareness so what stage of awareness they're at um, I'll quickly talk about the five stages of awareness. So there's unaware, they're unaware that they even have a pain point or a problem. There's problem aware. So they're kind of, they have a challenge, a problem. They don't know what the solution is. So they might be searching for that solution in Google. There's solution aware. That's kind of, they know what solutions are there. They're not sure exactly what's right for them. Brand aware, which is they know your brand already. They know kind of what you have to offer. And then most aware is when they're on the cusp of, uh, of buying like ready to buy so for an e-commerce site i think in terms of stages of awareness we might be looking at the difference between um yeah maybe even from problem aware to kind of brand aware so i'll, I'll break that down you know let's say with brand aware you might have customers that already you already know you. you you know they know you because they're on an email list somewhere and if you want to start marketing to them you want to send them to a landing page where there's the assumption that they know your brand already. You don't need to start, and they know the products, and you don't need to start selling yourself at the top of the landing page. You don't need to explain who you are as a company. So you need to match that level of awareness. Mm -hmm. they, on the flip side, they might be just problem aware. I might be typing into Google um, back pain, and I'll say that right now because I've literally got back pain. So it's like I've got lower back problems. So I might be typing into Google uh you know lower back pain right that's a problem that's a problem aware stage i'm at so if i've typed into google lower back pain suddenly an ad we we as the e-commerce brand might be able to channel the problem aware prospect with an ad saying you know um uh, how to solve lower back pain in uh in 10 minutes or less I'm going to click on that ad because right now I've got that. There's the intense there, the level of awareness. Like I've got this pain right now. Um, but landing on that landing page, you shouldn't start talking about the product immediately because um, I, I don't know what that product is, right? You want to kind of talk, match their level of awareness and talk about the pain point. So your headline might be, you know, suffering from back pain. Um, and then you agitate that pain point and then you introduce the product which is the solution in this case so again if they're solution aware they know what they're searching for if i'm typing into google um you know uh what, what like a, a brace for lower back pain for example um then naturally you'd want to take me to a landing page where you just you you immediately go into like why your brand branded product is better than than the others you know so again it's it's matching their stage of awareness matching their level of intent and the last one is sophistication if we know how much do they know about that product or service um in this case product already you know are we going to teach them to suck eggs are they likely to be already an expert in which case we don't need to dumb down the language um so yeah i hope that's that's a that's a a, a good answer to, to your question that's a fantastic answer um <laughs> I've never heard anyone break down the awareness stage so succinctly and usefully. Um, most people just lump that, you know, customer journey. There's consideration and awareness. Yeah. Yeah. However yeah. it goes, but it's interesting to see how, when you break it down, you know, like you said, with intent or just knowing about the problem or knowing about the solution, um, how you can lead them on a, a more matched customer journey. 
That's it. And can I add one one tiny thing? Because you said a, a an interesting word there, which is match. Um, there's something that we do when we're writing landing page copy, which we call expectation matching. And we argue that, you know, the top 10% of your landing page or your wherever you're taking them, you should be expectation matching. So this might seem obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, the copy in the ads that you've used or wherever they've come from should closely align to the copy in that top 10% of that landing page. Right. Mm. Because otherwise someone lands and if it's all different, they might think, hang on, this isn't, you know, you've always, you know, there's times when you click on a link and you land somewhere random, you like immediately shut it down. You're like, that's what I'm here <laughs> what for. Is this? What the hell? Where, where am I? That's the opposite of what you want. But lots of brands do it because they don't invest as much in that journey. Right. They kind of, they, they have like a PPC company that writes some ads for them and they're like yeah just send it to this landing page and it's not matched it's not tailored and you end up like being a disconnect in that journey you know they they, they land on the in the wrong the wrong place or it feels like the wrong place and they go you know screw that i'm going back and that's definitely not what we want to achieve yeah it's like stepping up to a wooden bridge crossing a river except for the first few planks are broken it's like ah. I like you know what I was I was trying to think of an analogy as I was as I was talking like I, should I should I hazard should I try try <laughs> one but there you go you, you did it for me so good job <laughs> awesome okay so let's kind of give a scorecard to the D 2 C industry as a whole how do you think most brands do in general with copywriting and be be blunt um. <laughs> Oh gosh, good question. I mean, I don't have all the data, right? I have like just my experience and maybe like my experience is usually from uh, looking at companies that come to us that know that they have a problem with copywriting. I mean, I'm going to be blunt and say that most companies in most, if not all industries have a problem, have an issue with copywriting. I think it's... um a very underrated sort of art form or, or skill set. You know, it's, as we said, it's, it's sometimes the last thing that that companies and brands think about the same in the, in the e-commerce world, you know, they go, we've got marketing managers. Oh yeah. I, I had English language class at school. I will write the words for our website. You know, I can't design because, you know, you have to have studied that, right. And learned that the, the art and science of designing, I can't develop. I'm not a developer. So, they kind of, you know, get specialists to do those parts, but very, very often just get any Tom, Dick or Harry to kind of write the words for their their website. And, you know, I have to very often stress um, what a mistake that is, you know, how much of a mistake. In the end of the day, um, you know, the words are what will give people the confidence. I mean, they're part of it. I, of course, I'm not, I, I don't want to devalue design product images and and everything like that and just having a really great offer as well but if you had no words on a website would they purchase anything definitely not so then you're gonna have to have some words and they could either be kind of crappy and watery and just you know off-putting or they could be compelling unique differentiate you offer instant clarity um use uh sales psychology but in a subtle way you know it, it, it and it comes down to conversion right it come that comes down to conversion rates in the end of the day you can have a you know 0.5 percent conversion rate and you can just a b test different copy and and just write great copy in the first place and ideally it's data led as well ideally that copy has come you know been infused by voice of customer language so the language from your very the very type of people you're trying to convert and that might jump up to 10% conversion rate. Like it has a huge effect on your bottom line, on revenue growth. Your, the copy is there to help you grow revenue and it's there to push people to make that all important decision of, of buy, you know, purchase or not, which as I said, it's not something that we tend to just do willy nilly, right? We need confidence to make a buying decision. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um... <laughs> so yeah, it's so bad copy all round but some do great some obviously some companies do a great job naturally mm -hmm. okay so for uh 
think of like a smaller to medium size um, company, they might not have a dedicated copywriter. They probably do have a dedicated, you know, developer or designer. Yeah. Um, and 13 lenses is probably a lot for a lot of people to swallow at that level. Um, so how can you kind of shorten that framework in a, in a bite-sized way that someone could approach that to improve the copyright copywriting on, you know, their e-commerce website? Yeah, I was asked this recently in another podcast and I'm like, right, I have to, they're making me pick some of the lenses. I'm like, but they're also important. <laughs> you know, if you force me to, then yeah, I, I would, I will do so. Um, so I think that, right, let me, let me think carefully about this. How would I kind of, if it was only a few lenses and yeah, it, 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 you know, didn't have the, the, the time to kind of, or expertise to apply all of the lenses and everything that's important. Um, I'll give you some kind of, I guess, simple tricks. I mean, I'm going to start with one of probably the lens that I would always start with in any situation, which is called the outside in lens. And I sort of hinted at it before the outside in lens is more of the strategic side of copywriting, right? It's the strategy bit, the research part before you actually write those words by that. I mean, look outside in don't this is the i think the the biggest mistake that businesses make in general with their business and with their marketing decisions there it's very often inside out as i call it like i've got an idea i know what words are going to work well let's go for it or i think this campaign is going to be great because i think so let's throw loads of money into it or even i uh you know what I think? Why? What I think this product's going to do really well. I've got an idea for a product. Let's let me, you know, take all of my savings and build a business and try and push that product. And then most businesses fail, right? Because there's no, there's no demand for it. So the outside in thinking is all about really trying to get into the head, the mind of your customers, and you can do that through, as I mentioned before, research. So buyer insights. Um, ways to do that are create a survey, right? If you have got traffic to your site, if you do have an email list, and even before that, if you're building your business from the ground up, go out and talk to target prospects. Um, you know, if you can send a survey out, ask questions to understand what are their pain points? What are their desires? How do they describe their desires? What's the end goal? How would, could your product potentially change their life for the better? And then how do they describe that end scenario um what are the comparison things you know what what how would they compare you comp comparison factors how would they compare you with other products on the market you know what are they looking for is it price is it value is it you know comfort is it ease is it fit um and you know ask these questions in a survey or even by talking to people you know jumping on calls and you can record the interview etc and and gather those insights, right? And you can gather, I mentioned before, a really cool thing, voice of customer data. So mm -hmm. if you're worried about what language to use because you don't, you haven't hired us, the creative copywriter, or you don't have a dedicated copywriter, you know, get the language from the mouths of the people you're trying to persuade, you know, because then you're much more likely to convert them. You know, if you can describe your product in the way that your um, customers do, then, that's that's great copy and just suddenly thought of a, a an instant win if you have an e-commerce site lots of e-commerce um brands you know have reviews whether it's on amazon or trustpilot or somewhere else or on your own site mm -hmm. those reviews are a gold mine for vo voice of customer language sometimes i've looked i've gone to an e-commerce brand and i've just gone you know and it's just for me it's the simplest win like let's look at all they've got like horrible copy on their site right on the home page about page product pages and then they've got this bit at the bottom with all these customer reviews and i'm going through there and going look at the way your customers are describing how amazing your product is that should be taken and that should be your home page header take that language and use it even put it in if you put it in inverted commas speech marks then it instantly becomes social proof as well so not only is it a powerful header describing the benefits of your product in the most perfect way because it's come from a customer like them but if you put it in speech marks, it becomes social proof. You know, they, they think, oh, this is a quote. This isn't how them trying to sell to me. This is a customer like me saying this is a great product. Mm -hmm. um, so outside in lens, very, very important. 
Um, another lens I'm gonna can I give you three lenses? How about that? Should I should I stick to three? Sure. Right. So I've gone for one. Um, second one, um, we call the goldfish lens. It's all about the fact that your target prospects have the attention spans of goldfish. Mm -hmm. uh, and by that, I mean, you know, any or any any reasons for them to be distracted, uh, don't give it to them. Don't give them that that opportunity. So there are some simple tricks like chunky paragraphs are bad. It's hard for the eye to follow a chunky paragraph. Um, it's just hard. It's difficult. So if I see a chunky paragraph, I'm just going to go, you know, sack that off. I'm going back where I came from. Long sentences also just are just harder for the eye to follow, for the brain to follow. So chop those sentences down. Your full a full stop is your best friend, right? Right, full stop or a period, as I believe you you would call it <laughs> over your side of the pond. Um, it's your best friend. You know, if you've got a long sentence, chop it down into short ones, short short paragraphs, and subheaders, bullet points. You know, make it skimmable and scannable. Um, so that's the goldfish lens. I did outside in lens. If I had to pick one more, um, um, I mean, maybe I'll go for the primal brain lens, right? So this is all about speaking to people's emotions and instincts. I think especially in the e-commerce world, uh, well, in the B2C world in general, it's crucial to do so. Like the way really, like we've got two parts of our brain. We've got the primal part and we've got the neocortex, the neocortex is kind of um, governs reason and rational thinking and all those things. Primal brain is is more about instincts and emotions, and it governs that that those kind of things. Um, obviously, I'm a, not a neuroscientist, otherwise I would have described that better. <laughs> um, but the reality is, the primal brain kind of works faster, right? If a if a tiger's coming at you, you're not going to sit there and go, oh, you know what? Let me weigh up the pros and cons of being eaten alive you know you'll just think you, you won't even think you just go shit and run your natural instinct and it's it's a more powerful driver it's just more powerful right we like to think ourselves as rational beings but in reality the thing that grabs attention is the primal brain the thing that kind of usually in the b2c world also pushes you to action is also the primal brain right the thing so sell on emotion sell the emotional benefits how is that product going to change the life of your target prospect you know sell the sell a good night's sleep not the mattress right mm -hmm. features are great but what does each what's the benefit of each feature and this can be sometimes yeah some whatever products you're selling it's very common just to focus get too uh to drill down too much into the features and not think about how is that going to sell uh change the life of that of, of your target customer so appeal to their emotions um, use things like FOMO. FOMO is very, very powerful, right? We have a fear of missing out. So if you want to sell to someone there on the spot, then create a sense of urgency or a sense of scarcity. Make it feel like, you know, there's a there's a limited time offer. The reason why we see limited offers all the time is because it works, because we hate missing out and stuff. So um, I think that's my third lens, like primal brain. Very good. So we got... Outside looking in, goldfish, and primal brain. Exactly. Well, I think, you know, when it comes to the subject, I mean, that's how I got my start in marketing is in copywriting. That was the one thing that I've consistently seen in every place that I worked at, um, even when I stopped focusing on copywriting, is that it was just always an after afterthought. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, someone had an English class in high school and therefore they're an expertise expert enough that they don't have to hire a specialist. Yes. And, and so I think that, I think that whole mindset is kind of what led to these things like BigCommerce and Shopify setting up these design blocks based on what looks good on a typical homepage or a product page. And it doesn't do a good service to the actual people shopping on the side no exactly i'm sure they've been you know uh, they've been designed with ux and conversion in mind obviously so you know a lot of the templates are pretty good but mm -hmm. when it comes to really tailoring the journey 
to your specific target audience and customers and what their needs are, what their barriers are. Um, yeah, I think I always say start with start with data, like understand what those barriers are. You mm-hmm. know, what do they need to know to gain the confidence to, you know, make that purchasing decision? Yeah, and there's, there's a piece I'm working on right now before the Substack about the class of products. So like you, you have like luxury, you got, you know, low, low end and you got yeah. this middle-class product and, and I, I put class on it to kind of, kind of put into the mind into the reader for like what type of people are looking for these products. And so when you have these cheaper items, something that you buy on Amazon, a commodity, something that doesn't really matter. Mm. it's a completely different mindset than what would be a middle-class product. But then you, on the high end, it's a very similar mindset to the low end. It's all about perceived value and pricing models. Yeah. But then you have this massive growth of D2C e-commerce, which is these middle-class products. These are not cheap. It's like a beach towel. That's 120 bucks. Yeah. Where you can get probably a pack of three for 9.99 on Amazon. And so how you sell that, can't be the same way on a high-end website, which is going to be more minimalist or a low-end website, which is going to be all these pushes for, you know, urgency and, you know, two left in in inventory. Sort of cheap sales tricks. Yeah. Just overdone. And so like, that's kind of where my, my musings have gone as of late. Um, That's really interesting. It was because the lady who was on the podcast on if the real heroes of e-commerce means customers. Um, if I didn't explain that before. Um, so most of the podcast is about talking just to regular customers about what they're doing and thinking. Mm. And the lady on Wednesday is kind of on this idea of sustainability and degrowth. And so she's thinking of experiential gifts, like a coding class for her son or a spa day for herself. And I've actually seen that in a lot of customers only in this like middle-class range where people have the ability to choose you know, a little bit high-end if they want or low-end if they don't care or something of value right there in the middle. And it's just really interesting to see this, this shift from experience, the value of the experience a product gives rather than the value of the product in that yeah. like middle range. Um, mm. Like I said, the beach towel thing. If you go to a beach towel and you have your Ninja Turtle two ninety nine beach towel, that's not fun as an adult. But if you have one of these really nice ones, you can have a picnic on with a date. You know that adds, you know, to that value, um, which yeah. has nothing to do with the product per se. Even though you have to have a good product, obviously. But it's focusing on that good night's sleep, right? It's focusing mm. on that experience, and then naturally, if you know that you have that knowledge when putting together the site the copy the design then you can kind of both visually and you know verb well not verbally but with written copy paint paint a picture of of those scenarios right mm-hmm. of that of, of of that end kind of um desire that they have you know picnic, mm-hmm. for example and yeah you can kind of show that and where where this um this series started a month ago was about the people always talking about the uncertainty in e-commerce or, or business right now. And I really started to kind of think it's actually, it's the uncertainty for those middle-class product sellers mm. because when people are shifting towards that experiential side, it's not just about the product. And in that sense, it makes it even more important to have proper content planning and and copywriting strategy if you're going to make a mark anywhere because all of the tricks that we've been doing for the last two or three years you know pandemic style mm. just move stuff it's just fallen by the wayside and now we're at a point where that shift happens in the in the middle class and that's where the uncertainty lies um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way if you make a crappy product, 
yeah, you should be concerned. <laughs> yeah. But for the one, there's so many, I wouldn't even say innovative products out there, just really well-made, good quality things that people like. Mm. But we're still coming at those products in the same mindset of how can we slap up these typical tactics that we used to do, you know, put some nice looking words on there and just hope that our ads work. Um, oh, yeah, hope that we get like enough traffic through and yeah. convert enough of it. But, you know, how how are you going to optimize that conversion mm -hmm. rate without really understanding the customer and understanding these things that you've sort of um, discovered through this journey? Yeah, it's really interesting stuff. And I like that's how you approach the awareness stage. Because I've never thought about that before. That was completely new to me. I like that. Um, unaware. You know where problem it, aware. It comes from um, a book written years ago. I'm trying to like, I want to get this right. Uh, yeah, breakthrough advertising by Eugene Schwartz. So 1966. Okay. This was. And um, but they apply it today, like it's the same, the same uh, model essentially that like that works, and it's just uh, in the digital world. And and when it comes to content marketing, especially, you know, especially you know, especially you need to take people on a longer journey because you've launched. Well, let's say in the B two B world, often that's the case, but in the B two C world, it might be because you've launched a product which is kind of uh, you know brand new. Doesn't it's not it solves a problem in a unique way and people aren't looking for it. So they're not solution aware, right? They're, or they're not, or they're solution aware, but they know what other solutions are on the market and not yours. So there might be that, those stages of education that are needed, but yeah, thinking things in terms of those five stages of awareness, like unaware, blissfully unaware that they have a problem or challenge or you know going around because and then problem aware i think i think i described it didn't i with my back because it was a yeah it was a perfect example you know i'm either typing in the problem or i'm typing in the solution and that your messaging should match and we at, at tcc we have we have formulas for headlines based on what stage of awareness they're at mm -hmm. if they're problem aware there's a certain headline that will lead them into the page if they're the solution aware there's one that should lead them in you know if they're brand aware they know you already then there's a certain you know formula that tends to work and if you get it wrong again it might just cause that disconnect that disparity and that well this isn't for me this isn't useful i already i already know what solution i'm looking for etc so it's, it's it's really about alignment yeah and matching that stage of awareness with the right copy alignment i think is is that key word um, that I think is so easy to forget when we're dealing with, you know, 5,000 different things and, you know, the apps and the marketing and, and where everything's going. It's yeah. tough when you have a small team. Yes, no, definitely. Like, yeah, it's about, it's, it's, I think like one of the best ways to think about marketing is, is, you know, customer journeys, because just by even framing something as that customer journey, you're naturally sort of going outside in, in a way, you have to think, right, there's a journey. So where do they start? Where do they end? You know, like what's happening along the way, um, rather than thinking of marketing in terms of, um, you know, activities, like, or different marketing disciplines, you know, SEO, PPC, design, copy, you know, all these these are all functions of like the more holistic marketing ecosystem that should really influence the customer journey, right? That should be used strategically to, to sell the next step in that journey, to push them down that funnel um, and grow revenue at the end of it as well. Mm -hmm. But that's why I like talking about customer journeys because I think that everyone should think of it in that terms because, yeah, you can get bogged down in like, should we do SEO? Should we do PPC? Should we do, you know, the actual activity rather than the, the kind of the main goal. Um, it's like, it's easy to um, not see that, you know, the wood for the trees sometimes mm -hmm. when there's so much, we have to fire on so many cylinders. Yeah. I, I can't remember who said it early in the series, but it was um, 
the company journey versus the customer journey. And like what I usually talk about is the life journey. Like, yes, there's a customer journey when someone's kind of in that buying process. Yeah. But <clears throat> your brand and product just fits into their life process. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. And then also you can kind of think of that as lifetime value as well, because mm -hmm. for us, you know, if you just say customer journey, it could be mistaken that all you mean is like from until they buy something, right? They, 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 they become a sale and that's it. But whereas the way we look at it is, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, full funnel word optimization, which includes that very important part, which we call AFU con content, that after funnel copying content, what happens after they've become a customer? You know, how do we maximize their lifetime value? Um, which is crucial, you know, keep them engaged with the brand, sell more, you know, upsell, cross-sell, turn, turn them into brand advocates, use them as the people to pull their friends and colleagues and family members into the top of the funnel. So there's so much you can do there by looking at that lifetime value. But yeah, I like the idea of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Life journey. Yeah. Yeah, you the brand fits into their life journey, not they fit into our quote unquote funnels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also another interesting thing is how, um, especially with you know B2C products, um, when something has changed, and this fits into the context lens, you know, when something has changed in the life of a person, when they go through, when they've let's say got married or had a kid or lost a job or something um, or moved positions, changed careers. Like they're much more likely to change their habitual buying behavior at that point, right? They're much more likely to be influenced by, you know, a new, a new shampoo or something because like <laughs> there's a change in their life and it kind of, it, it breaks things in a way. And, and, and that's the time to kind of target them. Yeah. Uh, which sounds, sounds a bit sinister but you know marketing is a little bit sinister sometimes <laughs> it can be there was i don't remember where it was from but my wife was showing it to me it was about like the psychological factors that we go through um at the first of the year in these big moments of change like everyone thinks all right now it's 2023 so i'm going to change this this and this about my life and so yeah. we we have these cutoff points where we decide to do something different to shake off the old and maybe start something new and kind of, I guess that's why the fitness industry um, and apparel industry have a lot going on in Q1 because yeah. people are, are in that mindset of, okay, I need to change something. Yeah. And they're not so sinisterly <laughs> there with a the solution. Yeah, exactly. In an unsinister way, in a perfectly reasonable, ethical <laughs> way. Uh, I just might realize my battery's just got a bit low, so just oh. jumping that in there. Oh, this was really good. Um, I'm glad we connected. This was a, a fun conversation and something people need to hear more about. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going around preaching, but in this case, preaching to the converted. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I started. I remember me and the first guy I worked with 10 years ago, he was a designer. And so he, we kind of always fought about it because he thought design was most important. I thought coffee was most important, but he was more experienced they're, than me. So they're both so. important. They're both important, right? <laughs> they are. Copy oh. slightly more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always look at it as like, um, it's like you're going to a party and there's a bunch of beautiful people there. So you want to go in. And if no one's talking, it's boring and you leave. But if you go into another part, just regular people and everyone's talking about really interesting conversations, you will stay there the whole night. Yeah. So one's going to get you in. It's going to be the the photos, the design, graphic design, whatever. But you're not going to stick around to that party unless someone's talking about something interesting. It's a nice analogy. Yeah, I might I might steal that one from you. Go for it. Next podcast, I'm going to claim that as my own. I pretend that I'm up with it on the spot. Nice. Um, is it possible you could send me like a, a document with the 13 lenses I could put up on a write-up for this? 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. We've got a, we've got a, 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 a kind of ebook that delves into all of them. And it's almost like a, yeah, each one like, like a checklist pretty mm -hmm. much for, for what to include and what to consider. 
and what to balance. Right. Cool. Well, I will definitely put that in the write-up um, so people can, people who want to dive down a little bit deeper can get into that. Um, if someone doesn't want to dive down deeper and they just want to call you, um, how could they get in touch with you? I think best way to get in touch. Um, well, first of all, like if you want to follow, follow me on LinkedIn, I write a lot about copy and psychology and, um, content strategy and things like that. So, um, you know, if you, if, if you, if you, if you don't need copywriting right now, but you'd like to be buddies or like follow my content and thought leadership and things like that, then you can find me on LinkedIn. So it's Conrad Sanders. Um, I'm sure there'll be my name correctly spelt somewhere down here um, <laughs> in the write up. Not sure where I should be pointing to. Um, but then, you know, obviously, if you are in buying mode, you're ready, like that 3% of customers actually, yeah, I need copy right now. Um, copy or content strategy, then um, our website is creative copywriter.net. And check it out have a look and then you know fill out a form and then we'll get we'll get to chat awesome that was a lot of great information and i really do like those three lenses i think that those are good ways to look at it especially the outside looking in that's one of the i always thought was the biggest problem so people get too caught up in their business and they're not seeing things from the the outside it's, it's very hard to, yeah. We, we call it the curse of knowledge. So you have your own understanding of something and it's you're so wrapped up in it. It's very hard to um, get yourself out of that situation and see it from someone who's fresh, who doesn't know, you know? So you can spend two months in the boardroom kind of creating the best ad or, or copy or messaging, like everyone going at it. The reality is your customer or target customer might, might see that messaging for two seconds, right? So it's a very different experience for them than it is for you, like ruminating and going over this like messaging. So yeah, outside in first. So I'm glad I picked that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks. It was fun. I, I enjoyed that. Thanks. Okay. Thanks again to Conrad for coming on the show. If you want to read more about the 13 lenses, check the show notes or go to his website at creative-copywriter.net or you can connect with Conrad Sanders on LinkedIn. Also linked in the show notes. Okay, we'll see you next time.